Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Evening News. Make sure to subscribe to us on Acast for all the latest episodes and please leave us a review on the relevant podcast service you use to listen to us to help us grow the channel. Today I am joined by a very chirpy Kieran Kelly. Hello as always. And not as always by Liam Corliss. How are you, Liam? I'm fine, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you asked. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Never get no one ever asked me back, did they? I've always got oh, to ask them. It's a one man band. It is a one man band. Job but, of the host, isn't it? Yeah, I guess get your violins out for me. It's a sad night. But last night you were both at the game, different capacities. Oh. Kieran, you had the pleasure of being in the uh, press box you were in the Stretford end weren't you Liam I absolutely was it was a good atmosphere last night shame about the result yeah the atmosphere was peculiar we'll get onto it more specific first half it was the same sort of Jekyll and Hyde performance from, from United the first half as always it has been this season was really dull dire lethargic but after the break they they woke up Kieran what did you make of the game in general I guess playing against one of the, the best sides in Europe you've got to take that with a pinch of salt yeah, um, to a point, I do think, um, you know, even when you looked on the back of the programme, you saw the two squads in black and white and it was just astounding. You know, you think Juventus, um, they spent a bit of money. You think of Higuain, Ronaldo, they're they're not afraid of, of spending big, but the way they've spent their money has been very smart. You know, um, most of that squad is, they're not ridiculously, ridiculously expensive signings and they've made it work and everyone sings from the, the same hymn sheet at that club whereas United um, you had players signed by three or four different managers and it's just it was a disjointed squad when you compared it and um, while I think you know we, we have to respect Juventus um, I've never seen them dominate a game in Europe like that and, and being shown so much respect I think uh, with Juventus you associate them with pulling off something tactically or, or getting a job done. Whereas United, I just felt, um, just, just let them in so many times and just seemed overawed. And uh, yes, they did rally a bit after, after the break, but it wasn't to the degree we saw against Newcastle or Chelsea. And, um, you know, we, the reality is it's probably about seven years since they've beaten a heavyweight in Europe. And that's, that's where they are at the moment and it was a reminder um, of where they are um, and I think for supporters that's hard to take because you would think all that money that's been spent how far down the line they are with Jose Mourinho who's made his name this competition they're still nowhere near um, arguably the semi-finals maybe even not even the quarter-finals I mean to get out of this group is not going to be clear-cut is it? No, exactly. And uh, I guess Mourinho's comments after the game last night, there was a tad, of, tad Moyes about them, wasn't there? The way he said that they, they're not on the same level as Juventus, the way he said that he sort of admitted they're playing for second in the group. Obviously, that's maybe to be expected, but still as a fan, you don't want to necessarily hear Manchester say that after three games, do you, Lynn? What, what did you make of it? Um, I think in this case, it's just a case of Mourinho being realistic. Everyone else knows that Juventus are on a different level to United at the moment. Um, won the Scudetto how many years in a row now? Six seven, or seven? Yeah. Seven yeah. years in a row. And it was the best ever start to a league season this year, wasn't it? I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. 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 only 
I think they dropped four points for for the first time at the weekend. Nowhere. They'd won every game up until then. Um, been in two of the last four Champions League finals. It, it was never, it was never going to be United were never going to be favourites for the game, and they weren't going to be favourites to top the group. So, in terms of kind of drawing a comparison to the comments he made last night, with the comparison with the comments he made after the game against Sevilla last year, when he was equally negative, I think fans would have more right to get annoyed with what he said back then than what he said last night because. Juventus are a far better team than Sevilla and his comments after that game when he was like this is kind of United's level going out of the competition yeah. at this stage they they were they weren't really best advised really for Mourinho but but last night uh yeah I think I think he's he's got a point you know he's being realistic and he knows that second place is the most likely uh well the most likely way they're going to progress out of the groups I guess we talked about that Seville defeat last last season uh, that's still fresh in the memory do you, do you think there's been a noticeable difference from United in Europe since that we've seen them play really well against young boys uh, although they are the worst team in the group there's no <laughs> hiding that the game against Valencia was dreadful Yeah, like, there's no echo in that but the game against Juventus do you, I guess another question is do you think the scoreline flattered United because the first half Juve could have two or three there's a wonder save from De Gea which keeps it at 1-0 in the second half yeah United sort of pressed and had some good moments in the in the second half there was the Pogba shot off the post again wasn't really a clear cut chance as such it was maybe just a, a part shot from distance but I, when I was watching I just got the sense that Juventus were comfortable at 1-0 and never really thought they had to score again No it suited them isn't it because uh, I know a lot's been made about the forwards they have but you look at that defence it's just amazing yeah. isn't it you have Benucci and Collini didn't there wasn't one loose ball at the back there whereas with United every time uh, you know, it was so simple the way Juventus got at them. You know, Martial naturally wasn't going to track back. Shaw gets forward. They got down that wing every time, and there were so many off the ball runners that United failed to track. So, I don't think, as I was saying, Juventus produced anything that was spellbounding. They did the simple things really, really well, and probably to a man, uh, they won all those key individual battles. You know, you look at the the fullbacks, even Sandro and Cancelo, they were just you know fantastic and um yeah i'm uh, th- this is what i mean i'm uh, you look at that game in sure in now and you're thinking already united aren't going to do anything in that huge pressure then going into the young boys at home and then going to valencia a really tough place on the last game potentially needing a draw if not a win um so it's not it's not going to be easy for them i think to to really get out of this group and then you're thinking if you finish second you're pretty much going to get another heavyweight and at the moment I nearly feel more confident when United come up against heavyweights than uh, West Ham or or Newcastle but and Everton which we'll yeah, get to or Everton to come up um, but you would think if they were there to draw a team like Juventus in the knockouts that's that's a big ask for them to finally get back into the quarterfinals again we said the second half performance was better from United not like get much less inspiring than the first half but did you ever feel like United were going to score against Juventus last night? Oh it's difficult against a, a back line like Juventus's like Kieran says Benucci and Chiellini it's probably probably the best centre-back pairing in Europe yeah. um, Mourinho alluded to that as well after the game they said they could teach at Harvard University was it on how yeah. to be a defender one of those yeah, more positive a, comments yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good line to come out of it to be fair um, but yeah I thought I, th- I thought as, as good as United as much as they improved in the second half 
you never really felt like a goal was coming. You had the Pogba shot, like you said. I think it was more just a little moment of magic from Pogba on the edge of the box. He turned his man and he, and he got a left-footed shot in that hit the post. Then I think he hit Chesney on the back and then went out for a corner. But that was the closest he came. Martial had a little run, I think a little bit later on in the second half. Beat a couple of men and then could maybe have done better with his shot because he had a bit of room. And Lukaku was obviously asking for the pass as well. But... I thought the front three let United down yesterday. Rashford was poor on the right. Martial, I thought he was going to go into the game with a lot of confidence after the Chelsea game, scored two goals, but we didn't really see anything from him other than that little run towards the end. And as for Lukaku, I'd, I mean... Don't, he's a don't, different subject. Don't, <laughs> don't get me started on Romelu Lukaku. He's just... I mean, he's been poor for five, six games now. He's not scored for seven. Uh, so, yeah, I think... The forward line maybe let United down a little bit last night. The Romelu Lukaku issue. Do you think it is a player who's not good enough for United, or do you think it's a player who needs a rest and to maybe a, I, a different approach up front? On a personal level, I don't think he's good enough for United if they want to go to the next level, uh, the level that United have been at, well, bar these last five years for the past two decades. Uh, if they, if they want to get to the level that Mourinho wants the team to get to. He's not, he's not good enough he's not good enough on the ball uh, he's not mobile enough he doesn't link the play up well enough uh, I mean we saw that clip that BT Sport have tweeted out today from like well I don't know if it was today or last night of that ridiculous cross field pass eight minutes into the game as well wasn't it that one yeah um, chased it down the right hand side took a very heavy touch and then sort of panicked and tried to drift sort of drill a ball diagonal didn't they to, was it Rashford yeah. on the left but then I don't know I think it went straight to Quadrado yeah. didn't it but yeah as far as I'm concerned he's, he's not good enough for United uh, and they need to they need to invest in a new striker Kieran, do you agree with that? Do you think in, um, that for Mourinho, do you think he needs to try a new sort of forward line? I guess the fact that Sanchez was injured sort of derived him of, of maybe being able to play a false nine or something of that ilk. Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I think it's it's almost easy to forget Lukaku was, was such a star at the World Cup as well, and and easy to forget how much United missed him at the tail end last season. You look at the FA Cup final; um, that game was crying out for him. And any time Rashford has has filled in. Um, he hasn't delivered in my opinion and equally I think if you were to go out now and buy a striker better than Lukaku you're going to have to spend 150 million probably um, because the market has just gone crazy since he moved to United so um, I don't think it's a gore I think they looked at it as an investment that he's only 25 still isn't he Um, that he's not in theory hit his peak even though he started at 16 um, that they're thinking when he's 27, 28 he will be among the top five strikers in the world and um, whether you agree with that or not remains to be seen but I think um, this happened last season He he has he's one of those extreme strikers who has purple patches and really bad droughts and um, to go seven games now looking really jaded again I thought being away with Belgium would have helped him because he scored an international duty quite comfortable places yeah comes back with a smile on his face but I think equally what needs to be said as well that others have to chip in I mean if you're just relying on him for goals um, I think it's a dangerous policy Uh, I think there are other players in that team who can step in and and chip in because as far as I know he's still United's top scorer this season and um, Mourinho loves him and I can honestly not see him being dropped unless he's injured because it was the same thing last season he'll just stick with them and stick with them and 
when he's come back early from the World Cup and he's he's looking jaded, you're kind of thinking, well, this could be a, a, a tricky enough season for him if he doesn't snap out of it. But that's where they are. I think all their exes are in that one basket. The board didn't want to back Mourinho by bringing in another backup striker. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, as you said, the, the, there is faith in, in mm. Lukaku from Mourinho. But I guess if, if it carries on like this in the January, chance of windows only two months or so away now. Do you think there's any maybe chance of United going into the low market, getting maybe an ageing strike or someone just to supplement the attacking line? Because it just looks... I guess, and I guess, if you're coming up against United, you know exactly what to expect. Now, the, the yeah. amount of surprises United spring tactically on on the attacking line, there isn't really many they can do. No, and the thing with Lukaku is he he plays ninety minutes all the time, and that that takes its toll, um, particularly on your own confidence. And it, it got to such an extreme example last season. I remember they were playing Swansea in the Carabao Cup. He was brought all the way down there, sat on the bench, and literally five minutes to go, he was brought on. The game sold two nil up. And that's how much Mourinho just can't live without him. So I think it, it, Mourinho's obviously at fault in, in his reliance on him, but he, he obviously trusts him so much. And he's been one of those few figures all the way through who's who stuck with Mourinho and, and wanted to repay him because you have to remember it was Mourinho who convinced him to to give Chelsea a miss, you know, his boyhood club and to come to United. So it works both ways. Lukaku has to repay that faith, but it, it, he's obviously going through a, a tough spell. Kieran, do you not think... Um, <laughs> oh, oh, jump in oh I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of Lukaku's form, mm. and he's not scored for seven games, all he is is a goal scorer. What does he provide to this? It's like this United have been it, playing with 10 men for the last seven, seven games. And when you look at City, they've obviously got Aguero who links the play up really well. Even Jesus, Liverpool, when he didn't score, he got two assists yeah, last night for City. Liverpool like have got Firmino who obviously links up really well with Salah and Mane. I think on his, and on his day Aubameyang though, he, he can step up. I think you look at uh, that Burnley game last season, that assist for Martial was like that crossfield ball, but it worked. So... I think he does have that and the World Cup showed as well when he's on form as you said it, the fact is he's out of form and when he's out of form everything goes wrong but I'm looking at that squad last night were you going to play Chong on the right starting him against Juventus and play Rashford up front he, he had no other alternative but to stick with them and uh, I guess last night was a peculiar one because you don't want to drop someone like Lukaku. I know, he, I know, it gets a lot of stick for how his aerial presence isn't used properly. But Mourinho's not going to want to lose a player of his sort of physicality against no. Juventus because set pieces are so vital in that, Europe. That's it. It's um, a presence because United, even when he isn't playing, will go long inexplicably because they're so used to playing with them now. Um, he, the team is built around Lukaku, and to take him out. Uh, for me, I don't think it's a, a light switch where they'll suddenly start playing really free-flowing stuff because they're programmed to play in a certain way. And you saw that when he was out last season. They were still crossing balls in to guys who weren't very good in the air. So it's kind of the the bed they've made for themselves, in my opinion, that whether he's in form or not, they, <laughs> they're going to stick with him. In contrast to the uh, sort of feeling around Lukaku at the moment, there was that sort of cheesy feel-good factor as Ronaldo came home again. Uh, pitch invaders galore trying to get a piece of the action with him. Uh, what did you make of Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford? Do you think it's one of these nice sentiments, but at the end of the day, he's, he's left, he's joined Real Madrid, he's come with Juventus and he's beaten them in the own backyard again? Well, he's always going to get a, a good reception when he comes back to Old Trafford because of what he did here. Uh, I don't think we'd have won the Champions League in 2008 without him, so... Uh, yeah, the fans obviously adore him. 
Um, the same reason why John Terry gets such a good reception indeed. at Old Trafford as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in, in terms of his performance last night, I think we saw uh, kind of what he's turned into since, he's he, since mature, his last return. Yeah, he's more mature and he's he's he's, completely, he's almost a different player now. When he came back with Real Madrid in, in um, was it 2013 when, when they knocked United out in the Champions League, hmm. um, he was a winger and he was involved in general play a lot more, but he's almost like a penalty box striker now. I mean, you don't see much of him unless, unless the ball's around the area. So... Um, yeah, I don't. Coming back to your point about his uh, his return to United and um, whether it's a case of moving on, you know, he, now he's left a club. Um, I don't think that'll ever be the case when he when he comes back if he comes back again, which uh, is probably in doubt now, given he's he's coming towards the end of his career. Never know, soccer aid twenty twenty eight or something. We might see Cristiano Ronaldo return, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting one, wasn't it, Kieran? It is like you said, he almost scored a really good goal as well in front of the sort of travelling support. Mm-hmm. But it was a fantastic save from David De Gea again. Do you think he's going to be? I saw some tweets last night saying David De Gea deserves better than this. He must be getting fed up. But we asked in the week as well. I saw some questions on social media. There's nowhere for him to go, and he's very safe at United. But until that contract signed, yeah. United fans will always have that doubt in the back of their heads about De Gea, won't they? Yeah, that's it. I think the fans have played such an important role, probably more than any manager or, or even player there, that in his low times, um, they've been right behind him. And, you know, when he was adjusting to English football, when uh, he obviously had the first transfer saga and had sat out and they gave him such a great reception and came back. And then even uh, last summer with the World Cup, how, um, you know, he had a really tough time with Spain. And again, they were so supportive. So um, I think... Um, for me, it's it's only a matter of time. Is his camper confident? United are confident. Uh, you do wonder why it's taken so long. And but the Luke Shaw deal came out of nowhere. Um, I'd expect the De Gea one similarly within the next twelve months to to come out of nowhere. United aren't panicking. They've got the the option to extend the deal by another year. And they'll take that up, and that obviously buys them some time. But I think the important thing is he has to see ambition. I know. Um, Real Madrid is no longer a goer. Um, Atletico Madrid have a brilliant keeper, but he's going to want to see that this club is moving in the right direction. He doesn't just want to be a kind of a stalwart uh, for the sake of it. He wants to win trophies. And um, that's the issue going forward, you know, uh, next summer that they, they continue to bring in quality players because uh, you you don't just want this United team to have one world-class player for the next five, seven years and that being De Gea. And he doesn't want that either because the reason... Well, that would show how far standards yeah. are United, wouldn't it? If it is just a club built around just one world-class player. And the thing is, the reason he's so busy uh, is because the defence have let strikers in. So if, if he had it his way, he wouldn't have to... He wouldn't want He'd to make a save. Yeah. Um, so that's he's kind of been a, a victim of that that he's looked so good for so many years because United's defence has been so unstable so I think he'd love nothing more than, than to finally sort that out yeah I guess uh, when you're on that subject while the defence was again maybe a bit vulnerable and I guess there's there some questions of Chris Smalling's role in the, in the goal and they on BT Sport afterwards Skull so they should just put his right foot through it and try to clear it just into the Stretford end and play for the corner instead but uh, Victor Lind- Lindelof sorry played 
probably his best game in the United shirt last night. Liam, do you think he's got a future at United and is viable as one of the centre-back pairings? Because it's still a question mark. And if you ask any United fan who the best two centre-backs are, you'll get a different answer from the majority <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah, well, I know our uh, chief football writer Samuel Lucas is a is a big Eric Bay fan. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see that kind of world class quality or potential in and by like Samuel. Uh, I'm of the the opinion that Smalling and Lindelof is United's best uh, best partnership going forward. It's the one that Mourinho's gone with the most this this season. Uh, and yeah, I thought Lindelof was really good last night. He was shaky maybe for the first twenty minutes. Made a few. Uh, Made a few errors passing out from the back. I think tried a couple of left-footed long balls for some reason. They were both cut out. Uh, but then, yeah, after 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 that uh, shaky half an hour or so, you could probably argue that he was United's best player for the for the last hour of the game. Uh, no, none of the Juve's attackers really got a sniff out of him. And Smalling, in terms of the goal, I wouldn't place any blame on Smalling. You know, he got he got to the ball, and it's just yeah, I feel unlo- it was very harsh. Because- just, yeah, it's just unlucky that the rebound's fallen into the path of Dybala, who's obviously, you know, he's not going to not going to miss that chance. Yeah, I guess it was one of those again where if you slow it down and show it from six different yeah. replays, of course you can maybe nitpick and f- go through a toothpick and see who how, was it how did Ronaldo have so much time to, to cross in the first place? Yeah, there's so, so many permutations yeah. into the whole build of the goal. And the fact Dabala was a marked run into yeah. the box, you can maybe say he was tracking him, but it's a, another issue for another day. But Kieran, do you agree that uh, for now at least, Smalling and Lindoff is the centre back partnership Mourinho has to stick with? Because I know we've spoken before as well, and part of the issue of United is there is so much chop and change at the back, mm-hmm. and it is that old cliche, but you need to have a stable back sort of five including yeah. the goalkeeper if you are going to really challenge for, for a title yeah I think um, he set out the season he, he would have thought he got a new centre back that didn't happen so he thought alright I'll go with Baye and Lindelof for the first time ever in a two man defence that fell apart against Brighton and since then you've had so many different combinations uh, McTominay's even playing in the back three um, but in terms of best of a bad bunch I think Lindelof and, and Smolin have, have probably been the least the worst best. yeah at least worse and there have been so few clean sheets but those two together it seems the right blend that you know Smolin quietly encouraging and authoritative um, and Lindelof thrived off that and you just want to see from him now a bit of personality on the ball because you watch him for Sweden you watch him for Benfica he He's, he's really good at, at building from the back and that's what United have really missed. Um, you think of that Newcastle game, he put Pogba in a deep position because they didn't have that. Um, with Lindelof, I don't know whether it's by instruction or he's just safety first. Um, he just doesn't have that strength to his bowling United shirt and he just think what that dimension it could give them uh, if he could just be a bit more confident on the ball and, and that comes with time. But... Uh, I think, yeah, it's key. Just stick with the same pairing and and, and let that defence kind of thrive. But equally, they're only ever a, a two or three goal defeat from it being chopped again. And, and that's what Mourinho's been doing. That's why last night, in some ways, it was such a surprise he named an unchanged team, even though it was so obvious after such a positive result against Chelsea, because we're no longer used to that with Mourinho. You know, while the game last night saw one of United's greatest ever number sevens return, uh, the under-23s number seven, Heath Chong, was also on the bench. Do you think Mourinho missed an opportunity in maybe bringing them on towards the end? Uh, I know there was a real good feel-good factor around him and he's still an enigma for many United fans. He's a right wing uh, who cuts inside on his left quite a lot. Um, like I said, it would have been a very tough test, especially against Alexandro. But do you think he deserved to get on the pitch at least after running his first call up to a senior matchday squad? 
I'm not sure, to be honest, because um, you could tell when he was warming up how, how kind of slight his frame is. I can't imagine him getting the better of Alexandro too, too, too often last night. And Mourinho said after the match that, you know, he was away, you know, that Chong was maybe the only real attacking substitution that he could have made. But realistically, could, could you have seen him making a difference or was the occasion too big for him? I know he's played really well for the uh, for the reserves recently. He's got, I think he's got four goals in his last three games. And, uh, all of them really good goals as well, um, but yeah, coming back to his frame and whether he would have been, you know, an effective substitute last night, I'm, I'm not so sure. But may, maybe he'll make the squad again at the weekend against Everton, and if the scoreline is, you know, reflecting favourably on United, which hasn't been the case too often so far this season, maybe he'll get a, get a, get a few minutes. Yeah, I guess Chong is one, again, you've got to take with a pinch of salt because he's in the squad because there wasn't really anyone else. No. Because Sanchez's injury, you know, and Fellaini as well as an attacking substitution. Mourinho admitted after the game he would have liked to have made if it was if he was fit. So Chong, I guess maybe if you're playing FIFA 19, that's the type of substitution you make and you love it. But in reality, it was never really realistic that he was going to have a big role last night against Juventus. No, um, I, I think... Um, the club have been very patient with him. He had 10 months out last year with a, a serious injury and, um, you know, he did so well to get on the tour and, and he impressed in that first game. Um, but the idea was that he's got to fill out a bit over the, the next eight, ten months and, and then you see where you are. But I suppose when you you look how long United have struggled for a right winger, someone natural, um and we all know with Marcus Rashford, same age when he was thrown in because of an injury crisis, how a player can be made by um, being pushed in like that and being dropped in. So I think um, it kind of shows you that the hype's been justified, that Mourinho and McKenna are, are seeing him day in, day out and thinking, well, he deserves to be among these players. Now he deserves to to stay at the team hotel and get on that bus um, and that's really encouraging because obviously he's only 18 so um, I think once he he fills out a bit there's a, there's a real gem potentially on their hands and I think uh, the FA Cup squads um, from January onwards are a real chance to, to, to see him in action um, whether it's from the bench or indeed from the start The result means that United are now second in Champions League Group H Liam, do you think United fans should still be confident of qualifying like Liam? Oh, sorry, like Kieran said, the next game is away at Juventus. If you're being realistic, a point is the best maybe result from that. I guess they were handed a boost because Valencia drew of young boys one all on Tuesday night as well. But do you think United fans should still be confident of securing second place? Yeah, like you say, um, that result between Valencia and young boys is <laughs> could prove to to almost decide second place in the group. Um, there's two points between United and Valencia now. Uh, they'll obviously be ruining the, the missed opportunity against Valencia early this month when they drew nil nil at home in the in the midst of that dreadful run of form. Um, but yeah, I think United United fans can be confident um, even if they even if they lose at Juventus. Two wins from the last two group games, two very winnable games. Uh, young boys at home and Valencia away. Obviously, Valencia will be a, twic- uh, a tricky game. Um, but yeah, two wins from those last two games will will get the job done. Kieran, do you agree? United, I mean, we talk about expectations falling at United. It seems farcical. We were discussing that they could be out after three games played in the Champions League group stage. Mm. But signs are maybe there because the second half performance against Juventus was, was good in patches. And you would say they, they should be better than Valencia and Young Boys. 
Yeah, I suppose you just don't know where they're going to be in, in six weeks' time when those games uh, happen because we're looking beyond the Juventus return game, aren't we? We're thinking in December what United are going to be. Are they going to be a United who've, who've pushed on and are now, you know, in fourth place in the Premier League? Or are they going to be United who've been dragged down again into 15th place? So I think the, the momentum... As positive as usual. The, the momentum is, is the key because, yeah. um, you know, uh, they're very poor at home to Valencia. Valencia is a very tough place to go. Young boys, um, although the worst team in the group, it's going to be. Uh, we saw United lose to Basel. Didn't yeah, we, as this well, is my year, point. So. I think I think it's wrong to go into those games thinking, expecting this United to to get through. But we equally see, on yeah. paper, United should be getting into the second round of the Champions League. Um, but I, I honestly can't say. You know, it's been such a roller coaster season that with regard to form that you know you really just need now four or five wins on the bounce to to get that that feeling back you can see it coming back in patches but they're not starting games the way they should be and until that changes I think they're always going to be having to dig dig out and that's not sustainable is it going forward it's difficult and next up for United is Everton at home in the Premier League at least United might have a good chance of getting to this one on time who knows it's not at night so that could bode well for them Uh, Everton playing well above United in the league they've been a bit up and down the season I guess similarly to United their best players are very sort of hot and cold players uh, but Everton at home I remember particularly when you think of that fixture I remember that four all in the season United slipped up on the final day against uh, well not slipped up it was when City won it all those years ago but it was that four all game against Everton I remember 4-2 up United were about 10 minutes left bad memories but do you think United should be confident going into this one Liam? Um, yeah, I think they should be a lot more confident than they than they might have been a couple of weeks ago. I think the last uh, the Newcastle comeback in the second half kind of tr- has triggered a little bit of an upturn in, and maybe not necessarily results wise, but in terms of the performances on the pitch. We, and we've spoken that uh, we need to start. Well, United need to start the game. United need to start games better. The first half performances haven't been good enough, but I think there's plenty of signs for. For encouragement, I mean, I tweeted at, after about ten I minutes. What you were to say at Liam Collins for those to follow? Oh, you, you can follow me if you want. But um, I tweeted after ten minutes of the Newcastle game, saying, you know, th- this is an irretrievable situation. Mar- Mourinho, realistically, he's not going to turn this round. But over the last kind of two hundred and sixty minutes, we've seen. Well, maybe not the maybe not the rest of the first half against Newcastle, but over the last two and a half halves of football, we've seen. A lot, of en- a lot of signs of encouragement for United. So, yeah, going into that Everton game, probably the easy, one of the easier games between for United between the last international break and the next international break. Um, it should be a, re- a, a game that they're confident getting a result out of. Yeah, it's got to be tricky. And, uh, but do you think, again, the pressure's on United to deliver at home mm. against Everton? They come into the game higher in the table. They're playing quite good football themselves. It's one of those games I just see as a lose-lose for United because I guess it depends on the actual performance they go out and play. But the manner in which United have started games in the first half lately, a team like Everton are really quick on the ball. They close you down well. And it could be like the first half against Newcastle again. That's what the fear is, I think, yeah. from well, if I was watching it. I'm glad that Liam's got more confidence maybe in, in what his team can do. But Yeah, and it's a must-win game because um, you think after, they got Bournemouth away then again another one they have to win and, and then you have the derby after that um, with the trip to Turin sandwich in so 
the Everton and Bournemouth games are must win. They have to get back in the top eight now and start to put the, the pressure on getting back into the top four. But um, the issue for them this season has been when they're expected to win, expected to deliver, they've struggled. And when their backs against the wall, uh, they pull out these remarkable results. Um, but um, that can't continue. So they, they really just have to have to get a, a solid performance and like a 2-0 and a clean sheet and that's something to build on then for Bournemouth and and, and you know pushing up the table but yeah it, it's strange I was almost more confident for, for United going into a big game like like Chelsea than uh, I would be maybe not this one but, but Bournemouth away or something yeah you know those those kind of games they've the hangover from, from uh, the second half of last year where they just expect them to win and their attitude's all wrong and they have to dig it out every time so I think this this is really a good test of has have they turned the corner or you know are those two results maybe um, a bit of anomalies as you as it were we saw finally we saw a rarity uh, against Juventus that Mourinho changed named an unchanged 11 the only change in the actual squad was Chong in for, for Sanchez going into the Everton game what changes would you make Liam to the uh, starting 11 well I'm not necessarily sure there are many that we can make unless unless there are any returning players from injury we'll we'll find out later in the week from Mourinho what the what the status is with um, with Sanchez's injury and with Fellaini's injury but as he's so on the bench last night, there wasn't there wasn't too much strength there. In terms there were some of, calls from some fans. I mean, they had Herrera, Pereira, and Fred sat in mid. They're all different. They're not the type of midfield maybe who's going to come on and take the game with a scruff of the neck. But do you think any of them deserve to be in the starting lineup? Because Fred's such an anomaly, and those United fans forget they've signed him because we've, we've still hardly seen what he's about. Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if they deserve to start against Everton. To be honest, I think Matt has done enough. Uh, he, I mean, pretty an anonymous last night, but instrumental in the Newcastle comeback, instrumental in the Martial's second goal at Chelsea. I think he's, he deserves to keep his place in the team. Uh, Pog was obviously always going to start, and, and so is Nemanja Matic. So Do you I think that is Matic is still a player? Because the two players I found last night on social media that the most sort of chastised for the performances were Lukaku and Matic. Two Maybe, Mourinho buys. Two Mourinho mm. buys. I guess the two, play, the two easy targets um, when it's not going your way. Matic, would you say, is safe in the starting lineup for the next few weeks? But I know United fans, some of them want to change. Yeah, I, I, I can't see him again. It's the same with Lukaku. No matter how bad his form was last season, um, he only dropped out if he was injured. So again, him and Lukaku are the first names on the team sheet for Mourinho. It's always going to be the way. Um, and what I would point back to is, um, you know, yeah, that really exciting midfield with. Pereira, Pogba and uh, Fred at the start of the season and Mourinho seemed a bit burnt by that after what happened at Brighton and Fred's had to be quite patient to get back in the team. Uh, Pereira's had very few opportunities so I think he's very much settled on Pogba, Matic and then it's just between Fellaini and Mata which one takes that third spot because that's been the way now the past few weeks and um, you know it's it's on to, to Fred to kind of really adjust and get used to the Premier League even quicker which isn't easy obviously coming from A, Ukraine and B, being a Brazilian Well, it's as easy as that Mourinho <laughs> Name the same starting 11 we're, we're basically saying uh, You're confident Liam going into Everton game? Uh, <laughs> as confident as you can be given it's a, a run of uh, one win in seven games but I think United didn't, like I say earlier on there's been enough 
encouragement from the last two and a half halves of football to suggest that and you, that, that yeah. a win is a that a win is a very very real possibility. And they need to remember that Man United they shouldn't be fearing Everton at home, regardless of where they are on the table. Really, the, the standards maybe have to be lifted. The United maybe need a reminder that they are still one of the top clubs in England and one of the top clubs in Europe. And oh well, what's happened has happened. United will go again on Sunday against Everton. We will be back next week for another Manchester's Red podcast. Kieran Kelly, I'm sure you'll be back. Oh, yes. Liam, we will see if you have I'm passed. Holiday, mate. Are you? Oh. Two weeks off for you. Yes. Fantastic. Where Where are you off to? I'm off to the Lake District one weekend, and then I'm off to Dublin. Will uh, you get to watch the match this weekend? I'll sure I'll find a nice country pub in the lakes. Mm. Well, let's hope it doesn't ruin the nice scenery you have. Kieran, you'll be at Old Trafford for it. Not Can't quite wish. as nice. That's what we'd like to hear. Thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the Manchester Red Podcast. Again, please subscribe to us on Acast and leave us a review on your relevant podcast platform. Podcast.